reading today is from Isaiah 49, and it's verse 1 to 6. Be found. It can be found in page 698 of the Church Bibles. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due to me in the Lord's hand? And my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, he who has... He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back into him and gather Israel to himself. But I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and God has been my strength. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Thank you, Hannah. So let's pray for Christ for ourselves as he shares his reflections in this passage with us. Father God, we thank you for Chris. God, we thank you for who he is and for uh, the experiences of you that he has that he can share with us. We thank you, God, for, um, yeah, for what he's going to share with us. And God, we pray that you would speak to each of us, that it would be your words speaking through Chris, that you would open up our minds to hear what you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jonathan, thank you. Good morning. How are you doing? You're right. Can you turn to the person on your right, my left, and say good morning? Wonderful. Turn to the person on your left and say, God wants to do amazing things. That's really good. Turn to the person behind you and say, Oi, what are you doing here? There we are. And uh, turn to the person at the front and say, You're looking good. Hey, you're so kind. Thank you. That's lovely. That's very kind of you. So we're going to look at servants of God. We're called to do amazing things. And based on what Hannah has read to us from Isaiah 49, I'm going to share some lessons. But we're also going to look at, if I can, click ahead. I wish this was like a lightsaber. That would be great. No? You should be able to click. Oh. Maybe. Might. No. Yeah, you might not. If you click on two, could you? Ah, oh, there we are. Could be right now. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hello. There we go. Let's tuck that in there. <laughs> there we are. Is that better? Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, I won't break anything else. So we're going to look at who is a servant of God. We're going to look at what was Isaiah write? Who was Isaiah writing to? And what about? And then we're going to look at three lessons from the scripture uh, that uh, has been read for us. So to believe that we are chosen, to see the Lord's handiwork in you and align with God's plan. It is really hard to believe that God wants to do amazing things through us. 
I find it hard to believe that God would want to do amazing things through me. This morning, uh, it was was early, got up early, it was still a bit dark, and uh, I was was just sorting out, you know, jumper, trousers, and then I thought, oh, I better put those trousers in the wash because they're a bit muddy, better check the pockets, and I found something, I found two ribbons with names on them in the pockets of the trousers that were next to my bed that had been there for about 10 days, okay? Uh, I don't know why I'm admitting this. This is, this is awful. This man doesn't know how to do his own washing. There we are. So I, I thought, better take things out of the pockets. I take these ribbons. These ribbons are from the city centre chaplaincy work that I do in Peterborough. And it's from a team day last Friday where we prayed for people that we've met over the years. I'm coming to the end of my role as chaplain in Peterborough, and I've been thinking, have I done anything amazing? Yeah, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've met thousands of people. We're we're known as the free hug people in Peterborough. I've hugged literally thousands of people and shared something of God's love with people. I've prayed with people. Now, I want to admit something else to you. Not only do I know, not know how to wash my own trousers and put them in the, in the wash at a, a, a good time, they've been sitting there, ribbons that they randomly chose out of maybe a hundred that we'd written as part of a team day, prayer day, we'd put them in a jar, and I said, just grab some and pray for the people that the names are written on here. And I, I want to admit that not only... Did I not wash my trousers? I actually didn't pray for the people that are written on, on this ribbon. I just randomly took a couple of ribbons, you see. But the first ribbon says, Joe. Joe had made a very careful plan to end her life. That evening, uh, we met her on the afternoon, uh, some time ago now, but that evening she had everything needed to end her life. She had it with her, uh, and we just randomly met her. And she was literally saved from killing herself. Now she got baptised on Easter Day uh, a couple of years ago now. Whenever I see her, she says, there's me angel, there's my angel, she gives me a big hug. God did something amazing through me and my team that day that we met Joe. And I was just humbled this morning as I saw this ribbon from my dirty trousers. The other is John. John I first met on the street, someone who used to be homeless. About 10 years ago I first met him. I could talk all day of how John has come to know the Lord Jesus to believe in him. See, when I first met him, he just said, it's a pile of beep, 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 beep. But now he describes himself as a Christian and he's helping people, looking out for people. Amazing things. I find it hard to believe that God would want to do amazing things through me, but I've been reminded this morning as I just sorted out my dirty trousers that actually there are two ribbons here that I randomly took from a jar out of a hundred of people whose lives have been saved. God wants to use me and he wants to use you to do amazing things. 
But before we look at some of the secrets from Isaiah 49, who is a servant of God? Well, surprise, surprise, it's you and it's me. It's any one of us who has decided to believe in Jesus. Who said, you know what? I believe that Jesus, he died for me. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to give my life to him. That's you and me. We are a servant of God. No matter how we feel, whether we've been a Christian for ages or we're just brand new as a follower of Jesus, we are a servant of God. Servants of God are those who humbly see that they have much and they freely give what they've got. Servants of God recognize that, you know what I've got is so good. It's good and it's for others. And I want others to have what I've got, for others to be in on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. My prayer for Camborne and the, the, the area is that every single person would have an opportunity to say yes or no to following Jesus because following him is so good. It's life, life in all its fullness for now and for eternity. Uh, there's a little quote here, servantship. It's uh, written by a guy called Graham Hill. Servantship is essentially about following our Lord Jesus Christ, the servant Lord and his mission. It is a life of discipleship to him. Patterned, and uh, my little uh, picture, patterned after his self-emptying, humility, sacrifice, love, values, and mission. It's copying the servant leader, the Lord Jesus. And each one of us is called to copy him, to follow in his example. Well, who was um, Isaiah writing to? He was writing to people who were experiencing great heartache, people in exile. But he was also writing about Jesus. About 400 years before Jesus like, was in the flesh, <laughs> before he did what he did. You know, this was like 400 years before. But also, he's writing about us. This is prophetic about Jesus. It's prophetic about us. How do we know that? Well, Paul and Barnabas in Acts, when they were getting in loads of trouble for speaking about Jesus, and it says that the whole town gathered to hear them. And the Jews started kicking off. This is my version. They started kicking off saying, what, what are you doing? And they say, well, if you don't want to hear about the eternal life, we shall go to the Gentiles because we are called to be light to the Gentiles. And they quote Isaiah 49. So not only is this scripture telling us about what is to come in Jesus, it's telling us what's to come in us, for us. And you see this pattern throughout scripture that what is written about Jesus also applies for us as many Christs, as, as followers of Jesus. So Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Phew. Hey, you can really see that. 
He is the light of the world. But he also says, you are the light of the world. Jesus is not, I'm the light of the world. Uh, what about when Jesus says, you know what? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the captives. That also applies to us as followers of him. And then Paul in Colossians reveals that Christ dwells in us. That this very Jesus, that this scripture is, is, is prophesying, he lives in you. Try and get your head around that for a minute. The most holy, beautiful, powerful, healing incredible person that has ever lived and who will ever live, lives in you. He lives in you. So Isaiah, in the, the scripture that we've had read to us, is prophesying about us. By the way, this is the second of Isaiah's servant songs or servant poems. And the most famous is Isaiah 53, that I think is stuck on the wall somewhere that Joel uh, shared us in. And this is the second one. And the servant poems point to the Messiah who's to come. This is uh, one of my favouritest quotes. And I I love it because I visited um, the work of William Carey uh, through BMS World Mission, Baptist Missionary Society. Uh, When I served as president of the Baptist Union, one of the things that I got to do, this is about six years ago now, I got to see the impact of William Carey, the laws that were changed. People who, who wouldn't have ever heard about Jesus had heard about He was relentless in how he worked in colleges, uh, translation, not only biblical texts into different dialects and, and languages, but also the, the core text for education. And he worked so hard and he said, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. So how do we do that? How do we expect? Great things from God and attempt great things for God. Well, first off, we need to believe. This is a real difficult one. We need to believe that we are chosen. It takes guts to be able to say, I am chosen. Do you know that you are known, that the creator of this universe knows you. He knows you inside and out. So Isaiah proclaims this, before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb. He has spoken my name. Psalm 139, Jonathan reminded us that He saw us knit together in our mum's womb. Ephesians 1, Paul says, you know what? Even before the creation of this world, however we want to believe that this creation of this world came about, even before the creation of this world, you were called, you were chosen. And this is where it gets um, even harder because... 
Paul says we are chosen to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's impossible. How can, how can we be chosen people, holy, clean, people who, who are able to stand before an all-holy, massive, huge God and be called blameless? Well, we're going to celebrate how in a little bit that the Lord Jesus gave his life for you and for me. His body broken, his blood shed, so that we can be blameless, holy people. So believe you are chosen. Secondly, would you see the Lord's handiwork in you? Would you just take a moment to to just see how God loves to work in you? You see, God's aim for your life is that you would become more like Jesus. So that process of being a follower of Jesus is like continual. There's no way any one of us can just put up a hand this morning and say, now I'm sorted, thanks. I'm all right. I'm okay. No, I don't need to grow anymore. Every single one of us, God's desire is that we would become more and more and more like Jesus. Prepared for eternity. Prepared to be that bride that bride of Christ. On Thursday, last Thursday, I was driving to do some uh, training for some curates. So there were uh, 25 Anglican, nearly vicars, but they are kind of our vicarine. And, and I was doing some training in, uh, in creative ministry. So we're looking at poetry and art, and we're looking at creative writing and storytelling. And one of the things that we did after lunch is we did prayer paintings. Now, I love to paint prayers for people. I do, like most weeks, I'll paint prayers for people and, and hope that people get something of God's love for them. So uh, I'm, with a t- I'm with a group. We split into to, to groups, and I say, right, the person on your left, you have to paint a prayer for. And, and the, the curate sitting on my right said, oh, no. Oh, no. You could see she was panicking a little. She was like, oh, no, I have to paint for it. She went, I haven't got a creative bone in my body. <laughs> Help, I don't want to do this. She started painting, and uh, this is what she gave me. She wasn't pleased with it, but there's a little message with it. You see, on the way to the curate's training, I'd made a very careful plan. And the plan was, on Monday, when I know I've got a prayer day, because I, I try and have a prayer day one day a month, where it's just, I'm going to pray something I can do with my diary. I can it in there. Actually, I'm going to catch up with reports, emails. I've got uh, a load of writing that I need to do. And I had a long list. It was really careful. I was like, bada, 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 bada. Oh, I'll get it done. Phew. And then she passed and know that I am God. And then that moment of passing me this... She scuppered my plans completely because I just knew I had to spend time being still and knowing that God is God. I'm not God. God is God. I, I need to be at a place where he's working in my life, not me. So Isaiah reveals this precious pattern for each one of us. You see, to be a Christian is to have the private and the public. 
The private is that which only God knows. Only you and God know. Jesus says it's that closing of the door. and Some older version says it's closing the door of the closet, a private place, a place where only you and God will meet. And Isaiah reveals this pattern. He says, you um, will be polished like an arrow. But then he says, you're concealed. Polished like an arrow, but concealed. He says, you'll be sharpened like a sword, but then hidden. If we want to do amazing things with God, we need to meet with God. There's no other way of doing amazing things with God. It's that hidden, I will meet with you, God. Be it every day, be it before you go to bed in the morning, whenever in the day, it's that time where you sit, that time where you tell what's going on, the time when you meet with God. He loves to meet with you. Jesus reveals that this amazing, wonderful thing that God wants to do through each one of you comes through abiding. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Fruitfulness comes. Amazing things come if you abide, abide in me. So I want to remind each one of you, whether you do this or not, would you meet with God tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening? Will you meet with him? He wants to work, work in you. Thirdly, would you align with God's plan? You see, God's plan is that every single person would be able to say yeah or no to following Jesus. God's plan is that this place would be heaving, absolutely heaving with people. People who are experiencing life in abundance. God's plan is that we'd run out of room as a church, that more and more people would come to know Jesus. On a Sunday, I was speaking at a, a, a school kind of multi-church Advent service in Spalding. And it went really well and great feedback. And I thought, yeah, that's quite amazing. But what was really amazing was the food afterwards. You see, some, some of my friends came to support me, and I said, hey, what do you want to do for dinner? And my friend Arnie went, Chinese. I was like, yes, brilliant. So we found out where there was a, a good Chinese place to eat and spoiled it. Usually, when you order food, uh, perhaps... Perhaps it's just me, I don't know. But usually when we order Chinese food, we order way too much and there's so much left over. Is that? No? On this occasion, the plates were licked clean. I mean, it was just like, gone. The food was so good. And I was so enthusiastic about the food that I said to the waitress, would you please tell the chef how good that was? And when she came to collect the plate, she went, was everything all right? I said, no, I couldn't manage it all. And she looked at the plate Really? But we had. We'd managed it all. It was quite amazing food. 
she's clearing up the plates, and she says, you know what? I'll ask the chef if he could come up and say hi, and you can tell him. I said, oh, would you? That'd be awesome. About 10 minutes later, there's a guy standing at our table. I said, you know, can I just say thank you so much for the food? That was absolutely brilliant. We talked a little bit about the food, uh, where we're from. And then I say, you know what? I've just been at a church service speaking about Advent, the coming of, of Jesus. He goes, you know what? There has to be a God. So what a strange thing to say, this guy, straight away. He goes, there has to be a God. I go, what do you mean? He goes, listen, I'm not ready to go to church. I'm like, okay. Because the thing is, um, I keep meeting people who are really helping me. And then he poured out his heart about his wife, uh, terminally ill, um, he said, that the thing is, I, I'm, I'm, like, getting help. People are really helping me. And I listen, and then I say, could we, could we pray for you and your wife? He goes, yeah, please. So I'm thinking, all right, I'll do that later. And then I find myself saying, can I pray for you now? Because, yeah, busy. There's loads of, he goes, would you? Loads of people around us. I go, yeah, I'd love to. Can I, um, can I hold your hand? He goes, yeah. Just reaches out, holds my hand. And as I pray a blessing over him and his wife and his family, uh, he starts to cry. Not because I don't let go of his hand. <laughs> but he, he, he really, he's touched by the prayer. He's touched by God being with us. God's plan is for every one should know how loved they are. Everyone. And we are the people who bring that message. No one else is going to do it. It's you. It's me. Align with God's plan. That salvation, Isaiah says, salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. People saved. People who haven't got a clue about God, whether there could be a God, or whether this story of Jesus is made up or not. Those kind of people coming to know Jesus. That's his heart, his longing that more and more people. 2 Peter 3 reveals that God does not want. He does not want people to perish. I can talk about uh, my son, because he's not here this morning. When he was a little bit, so when he was teeny tiny, he did not want to go in the pram. He just wanted to walk. He loved walking. He didn't want to go in the pram, so he used to say, no. In fact, he used to go, no, no, no. People used to turn around and go, what's going on? What's it? No, no. And I'm trying to put him in the pram. No, no. He did not want. It was embarrassing. People, look, what's that dad doing? God does not want. You know what he says about the idea that people wouldn't know of his love? He says, no. No, no. 
it's a, it's a longing, it's a not wanting, it's a no. I do not want people to perish. That's the extent of his love and his desire for every single one in Camborne, every single man, woman, and child to have that opportunity to say, you know what? I get it, and I will follow. I'll, I'll, I'll be part of this. His plan for people to have what we have got. And in this time of Advent, often Advent, you think, oh, is it preparation for Christmas? Jesus coming, little baby. Yeah, but it's actually preparation for Jesus returning again. He is coming back again, and he is coming to judge. He's coming to judge every single person. And you know what? We know when he is coming. Scripture reveals it. We know exactly the time that Jesus is. Some of you look at me going, hang on, what is this heresy that Chris is speaking? We know exactly the time that Jesus is going to return. When the good news of the kingdom, Jesus says, is preached to all the nations, then he will return. There's a huge job to be done in Camborne to let every people group, nations, cultures know what Jesus has done. There's a huge task. And you and I are called to do that task. It's you and I. So how can we do amazing things? We need to believe. This is such a... Listen, it is such a hard one. I appreciate it. We need to believe that we are chosen, that God wants to do great things through us. We need to get into that handiwork of hiding, hiding away to be used. You know, when we pray, coincidence seems to happen, don't they? Have you, have you noticed that? When you, pray, when you pray for your neighbor that you could somehow help show the love of God, something happens. When you pray for your work colleagues, something happens. Would you dare to pray and to hide away with God for those around you? And then would you align yourself with God's plan that he wants us to reach this world? Let's pray. So I humbly ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fall upon us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and help us to believe that you want to do amazing things. Help us to know that you have chosen us and you call us. That at school, at college, at work, in the community, you long for the life of Jesus to be shared.
the message of the light to this world to be shared. Help us to be brave. Help us to know that you call us to change this world. That all people would be able to see Jesus through us. And lastly, I pray, um, right at the, the start, I spoke about, do you know that you are known? And I want to ask the Holy Spirit to let us know that we are known. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak deeply in us that we would know that we are known by you. Amen.